0: Weekend Variety Wireless.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the Weekend Variety Wireless, the Sunday edition. This evening, Michael Portillo and I put to him advice to politicians
2: today. Uh, Try to be yourself, I think, is the best advice.
1: Why is it so hard for politicians? Yeah, why is it so hard? Michael Portillo, former Cabinet Minister with uh, Margaret Thatcher. God, he must have been young then. Uh, And he's turned himself into a bit of a media celebrity. Uh, Presenter, at least. He's doing this thing on trains. They love a train in England, don't they? And they love a programme about trains. God, I was almost channelling Bob Jones there for a second. Of course they like trains, Grant. Ah, oh, for goodness sake. Uh, and uh, the program he's doing on train starts next Saturday, June the 30th. There we go. That's part of the Marketing Act. But it was a great excuse to have a chat with Michael Portillo. Kind of pro-Brexit, I think. Uh, which is uh, one of those things that is frowned upon in polite society. Okay. Also, coming up this evening, we're going to have a good natter about the World Cup. And don't screw up your face if you're not into sport. Because it's... You know, it's barely about sport. It's about prestige. There's just so much drama. And, oh, a fair few people are interested. It is the biggest sporting tournament in the world. It beats the Olympics by a, a stretch, I think. It's probably fresh air second, really, isn't it? No matter what they say about the Rugby World Cup, the third largest something or other. Rubbish. Anyway, um, Ewan McCabe is our special guest, and he's going to be featuring on most of the weekends because he's a tremendous commentator on World Cup stuff. I don't think he's missed a match since 1978. He really has the bug and he also has a great talent for writing. His book, The World Cup Baby, I can't recommend highly enough. It's a beautiful, beautiful read, especially if you don't like football and especially if you don't like the World Cup. How does that figure? Well, he writes about the humanity of stuff and man, he's got a great turn of phrase. Okay, uh, skeptical thoughts in the next hour as well. Oh, we're shunting dibfig till after ten because it's frightening the children. Um, and of course, we have skeptical thoughts in the next hour. Next up, though, Paul Castley and media stick.
0: Weekend. Variety. Wireless. I have a lot of fight left in me. I'm not breaking down.
2: The New
3: Zealand Herald published a smear by TV blogger Paul Casserly. The blogger is obviously emotionally disturbed.
4: We will never feel safe again.
1: Good evening, Paul Casserly on the telephone this evening. Evening, Graham. Have we had enough of the anthem?
2: We can, no no sure we haven't had much enough yet have
1: we no uh it was the most shocking i've ever heard i still haven't heard a satisfying uh, explanation exactly how someone could get it this bad
5: i think you'd actually have to
1: try Paul. can we hear some more sure there we go
4: Don't you like
1: Did you, were you watching it? No.
2: No, it was the middle of the night, was it?
1: It was a Twitter storm. Uh, it was it was something to behold. We'll never forget it. And oh, I think Emma Parkey feels bloody good now. That's
2: right. Oh, that's right. She had yeah. a, a shock at one time, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. Anyway. Um, I, you, you can imagine how easily it would be for it to go wrong. If, you know, you can't hear yourself. That and, like, wrong? All sorts of things. No, she clearly had never even heard it before, had she? No. No, that, I, I suspect preparation. She may have had a stroke. I thought I heard her say about halfway through, I can smell toast.
1: Oh, that'll be it. Oh, the poor thing. I feel yeah. terrible now, Paul. Um, Who won? Oh, some team in white. I think, are they the English ones? Oh, yeah. I think they are. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right. yeah. England beat New Zealand. Okay. Um, and they're playing league where? Something strange in, in America. I don't know why. It's pre- preposterous. This, I'm looking at it now. There's nobody there. Um, and, oh, I don't know, anyway, okay, apparently it's some flash idea. Spread the great game around the world. I just Leave it in Australia and New Zealand. Papua New Guinea, that'll do. Okay, um, now, this week, Paul, uh, how responsible did you feel? Did you, did you, um, like me, I felt pretty bad about what you mentioned about the singer of the anthem, but this week, um, Duncan Garner.
2: Oh, yeah, they cleaned up the studio. No, oh, he's in a different studio,
1: isn't he? Yeah, I was there when he uh, mentioned this, actually. I was in the studio about to do that musicy thing. <laughs> Is
2: that right? Yeah. And what, an, oh, what, what a strange thing to have occurred.
1: It, very, very strange indeed. And uh, he was telling me now during the ad break. It was just awful, awful for his mother. Anyway, here's what uh, Duncan said on the AM show this week. Can I tell you this? I get a call from
6: Mum at 5 o'clock on Friday. Are you okay? You've been in hospital all day. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you, you had a brain aneurysm. <laughs> what? And I'm sitting with Buster in the car, and it was on speaker, and Buster's looking at me, and I said, what? what? My friends have rung me from Wellington. Mum's friends rang her. Someone had played a practical joke somewhere on some radio station uh, that I had, my brain had exploded uh, on on ear, yeah. and that I'd been in hospital fighting for my life on Friday afternoon. I
4: heard that because
6: my... Um My um, my mother-in-law said, um, "Yeah, she heard a story like
3: that." Well, whoever did, she asked, "What happened?" That's actually sick. I've been
6: confused about this. You know, I've even been reluctant to go public about it. But that did so much damage to my mother. She was so worried, and finally got hold of me. Yeah. And was asking if I was okay. Well, mum, I'm talking to you. I'm fine. Uh, I said it didn't happen. She goes, "Well, how did it happen?" I said, "Mum, it didn't happen." (laughs) But whoever did that caused grief to my mother. Not good. Oh. Oh,
2: poor mum. No, that that's that's a. Someone's obviously put it wrong, have not they? Do we need to explain to people what, what's going on here, Graham?
1: I think we should because you are the creative force behind the thing that set this off—a uh, thing called Go Ahead Caller on national radio.
2: Yes, on national radio. Um, well, I hope—I do hope—I you know, do hope, it, I do hope it, it didn't affect his mum too much. Um, and the, you know, the good news is he—he he, he hasn't actually had a brain aneurysm. No. Um, so this is a satirical show that I've been doing on RNZ for a while now that's it's knocked up about 60 episodes now mm. over the last few years and uh, so yeah it's very much in the in the, uh, the mould of um, the day 60 fake news have you um, done
1: 60 yeah oh I thought it was fewer than that because I don't only get invited to do a couple that's terrible
2: yeah, well you know it's a, I, I said a high bar but anyway okay. completely made up news It's it's been it's it's over the top stuff we've killed off gareth morgan about six times um we've done terrible things to many uh, famous new zealanders mm. politicians celebrities and but and in that in that particular skit um it was a, a news item that that said that um
1: we've got the whole thing why don't we just play it as it happened go on and duncan garner's mum this is it's sad eye. duncan's fine Starting the crap with
5: a heart of gold. It's Ken Oath. Are you sitting down? Well, be prepared to
4: go ballistic after the news. Supercilious Tambora with NZR News. Duncan Garner is in a stable condition in Auckland Hospital following an incident during the AM show this morning. Shortly after 8am, the popular broadcaster popped a vein in his forehead, resulting in a rigorous blood spurt of the type usually seen only in horror films. Co-host Mark Richardson and guest Dame Denise LeSrange-Corbet <laughs> were covered by the claret-coloured torrent, which came as Garner was commenting on the latest Taiko Waititi media storm. This followed a tweet in which the award-winning filmmaker described the South Island as looking a bit like a badly cooked fish finger.
6: He said it again, hasn't he? So Taika Waititi says...
4: Richardson reacted by making an AIDS joke before bursting into tears, while Dame Denise took the opportunity to plug her new Tall Poppy Syndrome T-shirt range, seemingly unaware that blood was dripping down her face. To it the United right. States...
2: The idea now yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It was. Um, so b- 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 from the sounds of it, and I came. T- I came into it late, but I think what, from the sounds of it, someone had, someone had rung Duncan's mother, and said they'd heard it. So it was a secondhand, um, kind of
1: maybe a, fifth-hand, yeah. Chinese whispery sort and of thing. And maybe things.
2: they were joking. I don't. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. the good. The good news is that um, yeah. So it was an unintentional, um, thing. I, I never thought anyone would would believe that to be true, but. You can see how these things happen, mm. and um, you know the, the, I was quite pleased actually listening back to it. I it was good that I called him a popular broadcaster, that that <laughs> might help me out and and has get me back in his good books. Yeah, at least I, I you know I tried to accentuate some of the the, the positives.
1: Yeah, no, it's very good of you actually, Paul. Um, all right, we'll move on to yeah. Mr. Colbert. It was a strange one, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was remarkable. It was just classic Chinese whispers. Great story, actually, behind the whole thing. Um, So, in in some ways, yes, congratulations, Paul, on... um, It it, it wasn't really believable satire, but it got there, didn't it?
2: Well, I actually thought about it afterwards, and I thought, um, you know, usually the the stories that we do in that are so over the top, like, you know, um, Steve Hansen getting a breast... getting breast enhancement was a, was another one that we did mm. and so crazy that no one would ever believe them but maybe that one maybe someone half heard it yeah 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 you know you can see how yeah, it happens yeah yeah you'll get a call
1: Sorry, from no. bob jones next saying why did you say i'm gay paul
2: <laughs> well i hope he doesn't sue me yeah
1: all right uh let's move on to colbert
2: colbert and the yeah, trump so, elite yeah no this i mean you uh, know as, as loath as we are to just keep trotting out crazy Trump things. This this one was particularly strange. And he, it, this was this a speech that he gave at one of his um, election rallies, which he still has constantly. <laughs> and uh, this is just him completely mucking up uh, and just saying something really crazy. You can actually hear the audience kind of go, oh, I think you got that slightly wrong. They, they don't really cheer in the same way as they normally do. Anyway, it's just mad. And what I love about this is the Kobe just reacts by basically going insane himself afterwards
1: nice one okay here
5: he is. you know a little thing i was talking about today you ever notice they always call the other side and they do this about, the elite
6: the elite why are they elite i have a much better apartment than they do i'm smarter than they are i'm richer than they are became president and they didn't.
5: That is some deep weird. <laughs> Heavy. We hate the elites and I'm the most elite of all. So that means we hate me the most. <laughs> Woo! Not as
2: much! Woo! Uh. Oh my God. It's, it's, isn't that it crazy? It's just, it's
1: just, it does. It's you know, easy to collect crazy from Trump, yeah. but that does have to go over a certain bar. That I think bar of crazy is, to make it, and that's yeah.
2: superb. It's like he's had. It's like he's had a brain injury, and he he can't quite. His thoughts are muddled.
1: Sam Harris put it beautifully. I thought he begins a sentence by just riffing off the top of his head. I'm paraphrasing, of course, because uh, Sam uses bigger words. Um, riffing off the top of his head, and by the end of the sentence, he's having to um, justify what he said at the beginning because he can't connect it. The ideas aren't connected. So he just spends his sentences effectively covering his tracks.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, the tops on Muldoon. Is this uh, another moa yeah, yeah, interview? So this is, yeah.
2: This is. The, um, we, we just finished a series of moa interviewing uh, all sorts of people around New Zealand, and we got to talk to the top twins at the end of the series. And this is one of those situations where you just you ask a ridiculous question, but you actually get a a, a, partic- a really good answer. And um, when you got storytellers of the quality of Jules and Linda Top, it just makes it, that's so much better. But this is just a lovely story about them encountering Robert Muldoon.
4: What turned you guys lesbian, Joni Mitchell or Rob Muldoon? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Rob Muldoon, what a absolute twat, conservative uh, legend he oh was. Yeah. Because when we were radical lesbians, like re- there was times when we were really Changing radical, worlds. separatist, la We went to the town hall in Auckland because Rob Muldoon was. Speaking. We all stood up and started Shouted shouting, him down. And, and he just stopped and looked at us. And then we were silent when he looked absolutely. up. We looked at him, and he looked at us, and then he just leaned into the microphone and he said, "The only good thing about that lot up there is they
4: don't breed." <laughs>
6: <laughs> and then we thought, what a comeback line! Even from afar, he knew we were lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, a, look yeah.
4: At you. yeah. Yeah. That's right.
6: It was very funny. <laughs> he brought the house down when he said it, and yeah. even we clapped. Him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, aren't they cool what a great story though
1: we haven't had a politician with that kind of wit have we that sharpness uh, for the heckler he, it was yeah. m- magnificent it was a show that you re- had to see during an election campaign it was all 1975 was it
2: 75 yeah I, I, I love her description of him sort of bending forward and, and yes. looking up at them and uh, quite brave of them to turn up at a, at a national party convention and, and heckle yeah that's,
1: that, that's pretty cool too. Yeah, certainly is in front of Muldoon. Yeah. Okay. Um, keeping an eye on people retiring or making some sort of move in their career for family reasons. Um, yes, I suspect... It's a isn't it? Yeah, it is now. It's my latest one. People are pointing them out when they hear them, which is great. We had one that the head of the ballet company in Wellington is moving on after only two years. This is shocking.
0: The company's chairman, Stephen Fife says Ms Turner will return to Auckland to pursue new opportunities and be with her family. He says the board has accepted her decision with regret, but it understands that family comes first.
1: Okay, we're just counting them, that's all. You there, Paul? Go ahead, caller. I think he's gone. We're going to take a break anyway. Uh, More media stick with Paul Cassidy when we return.
0: This is the Weekend Variety Ones on Radio Live.
1: Testing, testing. Paul Cassidy, come in. You're there. I'm here. Good one. All right. Frankie Boyle, your favourite comedian
2: at the moment. Right, we, yes, let's yes. go back
1: to Glasgow.
2: Yes. Yeah. This is my position. It's um, all available on YouTube. What's the show called again? I always forget the name of it. Uh, New World Order
1: or New something Order along Frankie Boyle those Boyle. lines. Frankie Boyle. We should say, good morning, Scotland.
2: Paul. I don't know who the f*** <laughs> you are. So go and take a good f*** <laughs> yourself. Do you hear me?
1: Well we can carry on with Frankie Boyle.
2: <laughs> play Frankie.
1: Oh, okay. Just straight. Straight into it. Climate change one.
2: Well you got two there, haven't you?
1: Yeah. That's why I'm asking which one. I'll play the first one. Oh.
2: here we go. <laughs> so, in conclusion. <laughs> no, no. This week one. No, Richard no, no. Br- no. not that one. No, the other one. Okay.
0: The final weeks of life on Earth will seem like 1,000 years. (laughs) There's some good news about climate change. Apple is now run completely on green energy, especially when you consider that child labourers are biodegradable. (laughs) Developing nations say that rich Western countries aren't doing enough to help them deal with the effects of climate change. But that's not the case. We're going to help them deal with drought by submerging them under the ocean. (laughs) As the temperature increases, some people say it will be like boiling a frog But surely in that analogy, the frog doesn't know that the temperature is rising. Humanity is fully aware, but possibly just too depressed to do anything. It's more like boiling a recently divorced 45-year-old man. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Rummish, you're both vegan. That's supposed to be the best thing that you can do for the planet, isn't it? It is
3: supposed to be the best thing you can do for the planet. And it's not just that I'm vegan. In the last decade that I've been a vegan, I've had eight boyfriends. Oh, how so many? overlapping and, um, <laughs> and all of them are now vegans. One of the things I get online is, is men asking are oh, you a vegan so do you drink cum? Do you get didn't it? You
0: reply to emails yes. emails? <laughs> do people ask you
2: that?
0: Do people ask me if you drink cum? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she sort of hovers above it and dips into it like a hummingbird. <laughs> You must say if any of this isn't true,
5: Sarah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
2: a, it's a technical it's a great, question, I suppose. It's a great, a great moment. I <laughs> suppose it is a good question. It's a great moment there where they where they actually completely lose it in there, yeah. which is which is lovely. But um, yeah, that, that's uh, this the episode. It's a great episode. Um, I think I think we're up to like, episode five now. There's a bunch of them on YouTube. They're all great. And th- there's another bit here which is another with his dystopian little. Um, little uh, kind of set pieces about uh, uh, global warming and everything that's happening to us, it's quite lovely. Okay.
0: So, in conclusion, this week Richard Branson has been tweeting about the environment. I would say, how can he keep a straight face, but his face has never been straight. He looks like someone cast a baboon in a movie about the life of Rolf Harris. (laughs) Maybe it's time we started looking at being pro-business and pro-environment as opposites. Perhaps we're all annoyed at climate change deniers because they're still at the denial stage of grief, while we've moved on to bargaining. Even our fictional dystopias may turn out to be fantasies. We imagine the Earth will gradually sink into chaos, but non-linear theories of global warming mean it might just be one afternoon of people screaming, and suddenly you disappear under a boiling 100-mile-high wave of sewage flecked with famous landmarks from across the world. (laughs) Your mind finally silenced by the sudden arrival in the space previously occupied by your forehead of a shit-coloured Taj Mahal. (laughs) I dropped in to see my friend the other day, and her four-year-old daughter opened with the words, The world is dying, in a very sad voice. I said something soothing. I wish I could remember what it was now. Soon she'll learn that it's not really the sort of thing that we find it polite to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great night <laughs> to end, on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like
2: the way he, he, he goes from, um, you know, r- ridiculous absurd to actually a serious point. And yeah. Just lovely.
1: And he's just waiting for it to turn, and sometimes yep. it doesn't.
2: Uh, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Another, but, I, but also I liked his description of Richard Branson there
1: too. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Um... Another Thank thing of a tec- technical nature, as sexual technical nature that I heard this week, is nothing to do with the court case or actually the crime. It is the obvious questions that came up in my head when I heard what went on forensically in this case.
5: But he still maintains his innocence. the injustice
0: of it all.
2: They've ruined my life. One woman, who word against mine only, has ruined my life of 72 years next week.
5: Scott assaulted a council employee by pressing his genitals against her during a morning tea last year at the council building in Umu. During the three-day trial, the 71-year-old had his he penis true, measured by a doctor shame. to compare it to the size of his wallet. To compare it to the... St-
2: wow. That's an interesting um, morning tea. It is
1: an scenario. interesting
2: thing, isn't but, it? Uh, I guess the implication there is he's, he's saying it wasn't my penis, it was my wallet. It was in my pocket.
1: Yeah, but is your penis the same size as your wallet? Now, this raises obvious questions. Was it a, Did he have to get a semi on? Uh, was it fully engorged? Um, flaccid? This makes a big difference. This is the forensics. We're measuring the size of a wallet. Yeah. And the size of his penis. But which version?
2: Do you don't carry your wallet in your front pocket, do you? I don't know. It's uncomfortable.
1: Well, maybe he was... Someone thought it was the front... and it wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't at the court case, and it's nothing to do with that. But it's just... How do your penis measured.
2: There are a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. I'm. Yeah, I'm there are a lot of questions. Glad you agree. Uh, who was Iron Joe Perra?
2: Oh yeah, so this is this is another character that I came across that I was referred to by someone. He's got a series. Um, he's 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 very much in the uh, dry. He's a, he's a comedian. Um, he's a young chap, but he he his persona is that of an old old gentleman telling. Um, he's obsessed with uh, things like um, geography and geology and and so forth. He he sort of became famous with a thing called Joe Pera Talks You to Sleep. Oh, nice. This is great animated um, and kind of, you know, a geographic and just a kind of a weird riffing kind of, you know, he's he's kind of like a crazy professor explaining things to people. It's kind of his shtick, but he does it so well. Um, And this is a series, um, which you can find bits of it on YouTube, and it's it's on Adult Swim, which is an American... um, mostly animated um, but comedy channel yeah. some of the stuff pops up here on, on the comedy channel but you, you'll be able to find it online okay. Joe Pera J-O-E-P-E-R-A J- just, he's just really good at this thing that he's doing and I just wanted to play some of it to you
1: he's talking about iron is he? yeah
2: okay Fe- F-E. The periodic type iron it
3: makes up most of the earth's core and is in our blood it's also the reason we're here for the most part, in 1844, the Marquette Iron Range was discovered and soon after North Michigan Iron was building the country, shipped through Marquette's Harbor and across the Great Lake to be made into steel for railroads, skyscrapers, ships, and bridges. So if you like this train bridge, you have iron to thank. Hello, my name is Joe Para, and unlike previous family generations, I'm not a miner, but a soft-handed choir teacher who's just in awe of Michigan's geological splendor. Simply put, the Upper Peninsula is a rock hound's paradise, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most special of our rocks and minerals. Oh, lovely. Yeah.
1: I've so, often wondered about Michigan's geological splendour.
2: Yeah, so it's, it, yeah, well, and, 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 you know, he's quite, he's sort of factually correct as well, but it's just soothing, and, and uh, his, his one Joe Perry who talks you to sleep is, is lovely, but he's, yeah, he's he's a great new iconic talent, I reckon.
1: Lovely. Okay. Uh, baby mania, baby mania. Um, oh, it's bound to happen. It doesn't really bother me much, but it's always interesting when a reporter has to find something to say doesn't really have much to say but does find something and it makes the lead on the news here we go just the baby
6: we know the Prime Minister's midwife has her in some macaroni cheese, which is a favourite today, and the uh, couple had a good choice of meals from chicken and vegetarian through to pork and uh, beef for their dinner tonight, oh. and we know that they're just getting to grips with parenthood and also getting to grips with their baby being the centre of world attention.
1: OK, they're eating all right, and it's <laughs> nice to get the menu.
2: Yeah, it was quite a, I was surprised at how, how good that menu oh, sounds. Like they might be getting a special one, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't think they'll want for much. She's on a pretty good thing—six weeks leave—and yeah. Um, yeah, well, good on them and stuff. Did it bring?
2: Did it bring any joy to you at all, Graham? Oh, babies?
1: not a lot. Babies, babies, yeah, babies—just a little kind of little smile. No, no, not a lot. I mean, they happen all the time. Okay. Babies have. I think there's been about seven billion of them in the last—I
2: don't know—eighty years. Yeah, not that many in Parliament. Actually, I'll tell you what, there was a good story on, on I think it was News Hub tonight, which was a, a good angle, which was um, Fetu Terrakhani-Sullivan, who oh, was yeah. the first MP to have a baby in office, first woman MP to have a baby in office in New Zealand. And it was a great little kind of history of her. She was an interesting character. She, she had a great look and a great wardrobe. Yeah. But uh, And then I think she went on to become a Cabinet Minister and then was also the first cabinet minister to have a baby in oh. an office in new zealand too so i thought oh that's a good angle yeah it is. That was a nice bit of history
1: yeah okay uh good luck to them
2: uh of course oh, I, very, it, what very no- very nice of you graham yeah god I
1: don't I don't, I don't I don't begrudge them a happy life
2: okay It's good ba- it's ba- move on yep
1: no let's not <laughs> <laughs> no. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has given birth to a baby girl. Yes. There's a new little kiwi in the world.
4: Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has just given birth to a baby girl.
1: Oh, it's lovely when we're mentioned in the news. A little kiwi it? in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Very good. Thank you, Australia. Um, and some really strange advice coming from someone. I mean, one of these lifey, coachy sort of people that was interviewed on the news about... Oh God. God. knows what. about How to parent, I think... And just stating the freaking obvious, but anyway, it was worthy of big-time news. Just
4: think ahead about what it is they really want, what's important to their families, their values, their beliefs, and can they follow those? Can they, as parents, role model those and help their children learn skills to manage?
2: Thanks for oh, that. Jesus Christ. Uh, what a punisher. <laughs> Imagine being stuck next to her on a plane. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Jacinda's taking six weeks off, Paul. You know why? Why is that? for family reasons. <laughs> um, okay, now on the con side of things, Mark Watson on Radio Sport, who's a compelling, listen, um, he received an email about Jacinda and I think it's just self-explanatory. It's quite, ah, I don't think what you like, it. here we go.
6: I had an email come through that I do want to read because, um, I don't know, I sort of maybe kind of agree with It might be somewhat controversial. Um, It goes like this, Mark, 23 women gave birth yesterday in New Zealand, so this was sent to me the other day. Only one of them will be the beneficiary of special privileges and assistance that Jacinda Ardern will receive, including care, funding, transport, etc. Meanwhile, the government, she supposedly heads up, has handed its leadership over to a recidivist. I won't use the next word, whose party currently commands 3% of the vote. Business confidence in New Zealand is sinking fast, interest rates are looking northward bound, and most economists are fearful of the immediate future. What are the chances, do you think, of seeing and hearing of our photo opportunity addicted Prime Minister soon be mostly concerned with the state of the country she claims to lead as opposed to a new raft of baby pics, endless trivial articles in women's magazines plus the usual pics of her at cake stalls buying gumboots at field days etc giving birth is always a joyful occasion but please let's get some balance into this ever increasing orgy of fake news that surrounds Miss Adern I so hope the following prediction doesn't eventuate until genuine leadership of the country is restored Clark and Jacinda are pleased to announce that they are expecting a second child six months before the next election please no please no more media hysteria You choose the job, Jacinda. You choose the intense, all-encompassing responsibility that goes with it. No more of the daily diet of irrelevant picks and crap articles. Just get on with what you were elected to do. Got to say, don't disagree. Just my thoughts. It's not a political show. But we've just had a press conference shoved down our throat. I think we're entitled to not retaliate, but I think we're entitled to have a right of reply. Not everybody is into Jacinda mania and the so-called first family.
1: Oh, I'm uh, coming across as freaking Santa Claus after that, yeah, aren't
2: that, I? Yeah, you are,
1: actually.
2: But <laughs> so that's a sports show, is
1: it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, he, he, goes off the Tim- tr- he goes off road.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's obviously what's interesting to listen to. Is it? Is it? Is is what I'm thinking or
1: not? Oh yeah, he goes off road and he gets really, really wound up. Apologise to me. <laughs> it's become a meme. <laughs> he was yelling at Steve Hansen, saying, "It's not good enough. You can't, you can't lose a game. It's not good enough. You, it's, we can't accept this. Apologise to me. Oh, it's just marvellous. I must go and steal that cut. I've still got a swipe card for ZB, which, God, proves really handy, Paul.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: tell us about True Crime Fishing.
2: Oh, yes. This is a, uh, so this is a, uh, a new podcast that's coming out um, tomorrow, I think it begins. It's a co-pro between stuff and RNZ, and it's um, made by two journalists, Amy Mass and Adam Dudding. Mm. You might be familiar familiar with Adam Dudding's byline. He's a uh, he's a great writer. Um, Sunday Star Times, I think. Mostly, you might have come across them. Mm. Anyway, this is another in because uh, we have an insatiable appetite for true crime stories, and they do particularly well. A recent one of them that was, um, I think, a stuff one, uh, was uh, Heavy Metal, which was based around a the, the the weird world of a Christchurch scrap metal yard and a murder involved in that. That was beautifully done as well. Um, of course, Black Hands involving the Bain family. That was a that was a big hit. Um, but this one is about another unsolved sort of unsolved murder. Um, there's some people have spent time in jail for it. But it's a mystery and it's it sounds fascinating. It was um, happened in the eighties. A guy went fishing, never came back. Mm. People have done time for it, but they claim that they didn't do it. Do they find his body? Um, I don't think they ever found the body. Mm. So that, so there's a lot there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions, so it's a perfect case for one of these sorts of stories. But let's have a little listen to their promo.
4: The night Dean Fuller Sands disappeared. He wasn't meant to be alone. So the fact Dean was fishing on his own when a rogue wave ripped him off the rocks at Fatipu was just horrible, dumb luck. At least, that's what everyone thought back then. And as the search for Dean went on, it never crossed anyone's mind that it could be murder. I'm Adam Dudding. Dean Fuller Sands goes missing in 1989. Eight years later, police arrest four people for his murder. There was a knock at the door, so I got up and went into the hallway, and I think I looked first to see who was there, and I thought it was the police, so um quickly told my flatmate it's the police, you know, or maybe I said it's the pigs.
1: <laughs> oh, go on Paul, just tell us who did it.
2: <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'll, I'll be listening to that, so that'll be on your normal places you find your podcast. Um, Gone Fishing, which might be a bit confusing as a name, because there'll be lots of actual fishing podcasts out there. Oh, of
1: course world! Yeah, that's a huge mistake. It's like being a really edgy band and calling yourself Kitty porn.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that would also be a, a bad move, but, uh, Really hard uh, to yeah, Google. That's right. But, uh, no, I, I actually Googled and found it pretty easily, to be honest. But, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Um, and I just wanted to briefly mention, quickly, that uh, and I have gone on on about it before. The woman who writes the uh, the obits for the Economist, there's a new one up, um, Anthony Bourdain, and it's rather lovely. Oh, so if you go to the didn't know him, but God, I miss him. Yeah, yeah. Already. I, I love um, – she She writes well, and it's just it's just, – they're always great things okay. to read. Um, it's quite an expensive magazine economist, like $15 an issue. I often stop in the supermarket. Here's a little trip. You've got a bit of time in the supermarket. i stop at the supermarket and stand there and read the obituary. This is not a lending library. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> haven't been moved on yet. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, serious point about media this week. Uh, This has nothing to do with the validity or otherwise of um, the awful things that are happening on the border, Mexico, uh, USA, kids being split from their mothers and that. But I just thought that playing over and over and over again of a baby crying was a little bit too much emotional
4: leverage. A new audio recording appears to capture the desperation of children as they're forcibly removed from their parents. It's being described as state-sponsored child abuse.
1: Yeah, I just I, I just don't know about that uh, using that as leverage because you know a crying baby just sets every yeah. nerve it, in your it, body it going.
2: Was, wasn't there a story where that was actually played in a, to journalists at the White House briefing or something? Or was played over and over? Yeah, it had been played a lot. But I, it does it does um, you know what it does raise is just the power of a good piece of audio.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. But I still think that's not fair play. Um, you know a a baby can cry for all sorts of reasons i don't does it help does it help or is it is simply appealing to emotion Um, and and there's nothing wrong with you know feeling emotional about these things but uh, i i don't know it just made me feel a bit overplayed
2: yeah yeah, it was it was a pretty it it was a highly charged um story wasn't it and Mm. interesting how quickly he backed down and uh did something and actually sort of changed the uh, the separation anyway. Yeah, no. he doesn't like bad ratings, does he?
1: <laughs> He'll go and have another rally anyway. Milani is uh, taking the hits now for a jacket that says something.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I read, I heard something um, that suggested that it was quite an intentional thing that she did because oh. it's unlikely that she would be wearing a thirty-dollar jacket. Mm. She doesn't tend to wear thirty-dollar jackets, and that was a thirty-dollar jacket.
5: Yeah.
1: And saying something that kind of crazy on it, you know, it's one of those, I suppose it's a fashion statement, but you'd pick it, wouldn't you? Um, Anyway, okay. I don't know. What's up with PG chips and the monkeys? Well, don't tell me one of them's died.
2: No, no, well, no, actually quite a few of them have died now. In fact, I think they may all be dead. All the monkeys may be dead by now. Um, But... I just thought, because I know you are very good with voices, and you've interviewed this chap many times, I just thought that I spotted, I thought, is this John Cooper Clark, one of these voices? Get out! Uh, And I just, this is the funniest PG Tips Monkey ad of all time, Uh, it's the one set in the garage with uh, Mr Mendit, and um, I think it sounds like, it sounds like John Cooper Clark, let's have a listen. Okay.
5: I made this tea!
3: Charlie did, Mr Bentley. I made it
5: special! You passed your M.O.T, Charlie! Me M.O.T? Made horrible tea, lad! (laughs) Try PG Tips! (gasps) (gasps) Only these tea bags have the famous PG Tips taste. No other. PG Tips tea bags for the tea you can really taste. I (laughs) said.
2: I felt a run out of oil! Uh, (laughs) That was the best one, too. And the great thing is the, is the is the chimp at the end who drives up in as many is a chic like he's wearing an Arab yeah outfit. yeah and it was like, this is the height of the uh, oil oil shock and stuff
1: nothing but, like but a bit of animal exploitation for a good belly laugh no
2: they stopped they stopped running them I think about 2003 yeah um but doesn't that sound like John Kabir Clark Mr Mend it don't yeah you think?
1: it does well here's who made this tea.
2: Obviously, who I'm made this team? here's john poet, so all, uh, all the time I'm have you, you
1: turned that. down poet laureateship well i've never Did been you? asked I'm, I'm not holding it oh, but not?
2: that's not going to happen is it <laughs> <You know laughs> why I mean?
1: not john <laughs> yeah all right um and i just want to point out something master chef australia is on i'm having lots of fun uh, trying to pick nicknames that are going to last the season um uh, R.D.V. is one of the That's a retired Dutch volleyballer. She almost got kicked out. Uh, there's Cannibal Hayes, uh, Fadal Aiden's shoe-on head. Um, that's it's, it's Cannibal it's Hayes? Cannibal Hayes, yeah. Which one's that? I think he just eats meat. Oh, okay. That's all he eats. Most of it's raw. It looks. Uh, that's his thing. He's just meat. And he does right. have a very, very white teeth and a broad mouth. Right. Yeah, that's why he's Cannibal Hayes, so that's part of the fun, but MasterChef almost broke the fifth wall um, last week when one of the contestants when asked, who would you cook this for didn't give the right answer you know, they love an emote and they love a cry Um, they would shoot one of their dogs if it was going to get the right reaction, I think, but anyway here's what happened
0: Loki, what's the dish? It's the prawn masala with saffron rice and raita. Now,
2: who would you normally be cooking this dish for? I would cook for anybody.
5: But is there anyone in your life... Look, I'm just going to give you a little tip here. <laughs> man to man, come here, yeah. alright? Okay. When. A dish like this comes up. This is your wife's favourite dish. Oh, yeah. This is the moment now to go, I love my wife very much when I want to show how much I love my wife. <laughs> well, uh, We'll no, do it again. Sh- sh- <laughs> so, Loki, who do you love making this dish for?
1: For my partner. Oh,
5: Loki! <laughs>
1: That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, she, um, loves that.
1: I thought they were just maybe just taking the piss out of themselves there for a moment. Or maybe they thought they wasn't going to make it in and they decided to leave it in. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Um, Lovely. The greatest commentators that have ever been on the planet are the satirical pair of Roy and HG uh, from Australia. And they've done their own MasterChef commentary. Uh, Should we just play this? Yeah, go on. Okay, here we go. From Australia.
5: Ah, here we are. Well, here we are, seeing the plate, and look at George there. He doesn't know where to look. He's Ooh, I what, it looks tough to me. It looks tough to me. That looks like a pork belly with a chili jam. Do you know what's wrong with that? No hero on the dish. No, no love on the plate. No. Here it, is. Here it goes. Put some more in, man. <laughs> uh, Gary, of course. Gary trying to fight
3: yeah. hunger. George no, no, in there all looking all, for that's some of too to tough. Be-
5: it's too tough. You can't eat that. I couldn't eat that. Look, it can't you even. even Carrots! it! I mean, come <laughs> I mean, back to it. The, oh, the no. dish—it's not the stringy pork. No. There's got to be something else there. There's no, oh, you know, the juice. Man, I'm I always not. say, if it looks that bad going in, imagine what it's like coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a bloke like, who knows that sort of r- rubbish, that sort of nonsense. Could Look, I? fish uncooked. Can I point out? I hate this bloke. I think it's Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Yes. All he does is hurl, hurl food. I know. I don't like that. It encourages no. young kids at home. They yeah. see this on television, yeah. and all of a sudden they're fiddling with their food. They're looking at Mum and
1: Dad. Yeah. Mum turns towards... Tara. there you see. That just encourages bad behaviour. I hate it. it. does. It yeah, lovely. HG and Roy. They sh- I wish they'd do that all the time in alternative commentary. It'd be great.
2: That was, that was in there on a uh, chat show, and, the, and, the, and they just basically showed them some clips of MasterChef and Gordon Ramsay yeah. and just said, go for
1: it. Yeah, nice. OK, uh, thank you very much, Paul. And, and we'll leave you with uh, our New Zealand accent of the week. Jacinda Fan.
5: Just want to say congratulations, Jacinda then You're going to be a very good mother. The most interesting radio show on planet
0: Earth. The Weekend Variety Wireless. On Radio Live. Crikey, that's something to live up
1: to. I highly recommend the World Cup Baby, one of the best sports books I've read uh, because a lot of it's just not about sport. He's a great writer, really great. Ewan McCabe is going to be our World Cup correspondent for the duration, and we'll be having a chat with him around about the 9.30 mark. Hasn't missed a match, I think, since 1978. Also this evening, Michael Portillo.
2: But I'm pretty sure that historians, when they look at Margaret Thatcher, will think that she was one of the two or three greatest prime ministers
1: of the 20th century.